0: All right, Nagana, anyways, thanks. Thank you for doing this with me. I know you're very...
1: Jesus Christ, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I put mine in silent mode, so.
0: (laughs) Yeah, thank you for taking the time and being willing to speak with me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Yeah, so Nagana, how and why you started Idea Spring Capital?
1: I, as you know, I have an entrepreneurial background and I've been doing, been in startups since 1997. And post my entrepreneurial journey, when I sold my uh, last company uh, to a Norwegian company, you know, I was really thinking hard as to what I should do next. You know, what's the next step in a journey? And clearly there are only two options. One is either do one more startup or the second option would be to do something very closely with startups because I didn't want to go back to a corporate job. That I've never been one since 98, so I didn't want to do it again. And what I discovered was, you know, for me to do my own startup, obviously, you needed a passionate uh, idea that you're very passionate about uh, that has market. And I didn't have any of those at that time. I could have spent a year looking for one. But what I thought was because of my experience and the way Indian startup ecosystem was evolving, I thought it would be more meaningful to work with many startups and then hence make a difference uh, in whatever small way you could in positioning India in the product innovation space. Because what I believed was just giving money is not good enough or just mentoring is not good enough and you have to tie the two together to build something meaningful. And that's how the idea of Ideaspring originated. The thought was we should get into pre revenue, early stage product innovation companies. Give them enough money to so that it is meaningful for them to b- go beyond their beta level or whatever level they would be at in terms of getting a new customers, getting the new customers on board, and then getting to say 500 to 750 k in revenue, so that they could attract the next level of investors to come on board. Because at the time when we started IdeaSpring in 2014, 2015. There were not many investors in this space who were willing to invest in early stage enterprise because many were comfortable with the B2C, aka business innovation startups, but hardly anybody was willing to take early investment decisions on enterprise companies. And our background was all in enterprise startups and we also realized that the way Indian ecosystem was evolving with all the MNCs having their R&D labs and the global innovation centers being here, that definitely product innovation would be the next wave. You have the IT services wave, then you had the the B2C company waves, and then we believed the next wave would be B2B way back in 2015. And that's when we said, why don't we not only give money, but spend time with these startups as partners and helping them in horizontals like product messaging, product marketing, getting the initial set of customers, global connects, building for global scale. And that's the horizontal where we wanted to add value to all our startups. And that's how the whole thesis evolved, and fortunately, we spoke to a few key investors who were willing, were as passionate about product innovation as we were, and got enough money to say fund 15 to 18 startups, and that's how ideas being originated.
0: Okay, and when and how did you meet Mr. Mohandas Pai? Did you know him for a long time?
1: So Mohan Das Pai, yes, I have interacted with him in various capacities before. And I was also Thai Bangalore president and had invited him for a couple of sessions there. And that's how I knew him. And one in, somewhere in one of those occasions, we were talking and I was telling him, look, we need to do funds and uh, product innovation. And he's very passionate about startups and funding. You should start one and I will be your uh, anchor investor. And that's what gave me the motivation to actually start the fund because i completely coming from the entrepreneurial side and had no clue anything about fund structure or what it takes and and so on and so forth. And also who the hell would want to support a first-time fund manager, right? Uh, you know, I have cross, crossed almost hitting 50. That gave the impetus and the confidence for me to to start the fund. And he was the first person to say, all right, go, let's go ahead and do it. And that's how we started it.
0: I think a few times I met you, and I think one of the, I think the third time or the fourth time, I saw you on the road, driving your wagon R.
1: It's, it's, uh, yeah.
0: And I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I had, the next time I met you, I brought it up. I said, I said, what, what did I see? <laughs> and then you had a specific, I won't say spiritual, but you had a reason behind for everything. I mean, to keep things very simple. And exercise. And I'm like, okay, there is a way to look at things. And the same outlook is spread over your investments too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I look a strong believer in simplicity because the, right. the simpler you keep things, uh, life becomes uh, the, that much easier. So that's the fundamental thesis premise in whether it's your way of life or who you work with or what you do with companies. Because to me, trust, integrity, and simplicity are, and I always tell people, if you have good health and happiness, wealth will follow. You have to work towards it. There's no doubt about it. I think primary are health and happiness and other things will follow. So that's, it's a very simple philosophy and I'm not a big believer in any of the big brands or whatever. And just for the sake of driving, it's how hard it is to drive a car in, in Bangalore. And the quicker the car, the more painful it gets. So I think when you're driving within the city, having a small car, which which is automatic, is the best one uh, to take you from point A to point B, and it makes more sense. And that's basically the philosophy to keep everything as simple as possible.
0: Yeah, a simple outlook is also seen in your investments. You're very clear about where you want to invest.
1: Yes. So I think that is true. So what we look for when we invest, one of the first things we invest for is do the entrepreneurs know what they're talking about? That is probably the most important uh, criteria for us because we want at least one of the co-founders to be involved in building the product. Ideaspring will never want to invest in a company where the founder is not involved in building the product. There are multiple reasons uh, as to why we strongly believe in it. No, no, number one reason being, they, at the stage we come in, it's almost impossible to hire somebody very good to be able to come and build the product for you. And and even if you hire them, the passion and the dedication will not be at the same level. So hence, for the money we give, it becomes even more important that the entrepreneur, uh, one of the entrepreneurs is involved in building the product, number one. And number two, the closer you are uh, to building the product and dealing with customers, the better the product will uh, pan out. And that is uh, even more uh, true in the early stages of the company. Right, When you are getting the first 10, 15 customers, it is the founders who are selling. Right? And if the founders who have built the products are also involved in selling, there's nothing like it. And if you have done, seen that work, supremely well because there's nothing like a person who has built a product giving a demo or talking to somebody to get the first first 15-20 customers. So that is number one. So hence we, we, we are very clear that whenever we are talking to any company, now number one criteria is how passionate are the founders, how well do they understand what they are talking about and their ability to build the product. Right? And And that is number one. And number two, we also look at look, what is the market potential and obviously we you know market potential is something it's very hard to gauge in a pre revenue company yeah the market size is some x billion dollars or whatever but it's still not clear at the stage you are in how what is your story how is it going to benefit although we have some idea we really have to go to the market with the product to really get the feel of for it so we have some guidelines in our own head saying look there should be at least decent visibility for a 10 to 15 million dollar revenue so that's at least you have visibility and we, other thing we also know is we don't know we, it's impossible for us to know if there's one thing we are sure that in our head is we don't know everything so we have a good network of people who we talk to to gain more knowledge uh, and uh, to understand better the problem they're solving the competition and so on and so forth so once these two things are clear in our own head, we make sure that, yeah, there is a technological differentiator in what these guys are building. Because in India, you can build good products now with good technology differentiators. I will not categorize all of them as deep tech, but they're good products with good technology. So once these three criteria pan out is when we make our investment decision and then go ahead with it. And the other key thing we have is... In our uh, decision to invest in a company, we have a great set of people in our IC who are very experienced in the startup, who are very knowledgeable in the startup industry in particularly in the enterprise space. And they help us stay on, and they make us go through a lot of iterations of looking at the business plan, looking at the technology, the differentiators, and so on and so forth. It will hence, if they have questions, we go back and uh, try and answer those questions. And the process has been really good. We have three external IC members in know our, in our investment committee, which normally doesn't happen for a fund of our size. So I think, hence, we have been able to put together something that's quite unique and and, and helps in helps to. Stay us uh, in, in keeping us honest and in our investment decisions and we've, the way we operate.
0: And the fund of your size doesn't have a CTO, too.
1: Mm, correct.
0: Yeah. Which means heavy tech evaluation happens before an investment. Because I've spoken to a couple of investors in the past and they were like, that'll be built once the money is given. Mm.
1: No, for us, we go reverse, because for us, uh, we start off with uh, the product and the tech and tech we believe has to be integral part of this whole equation. And that's what uh, our thesis uh, has been in. And yeah, you'll not find a CTO for a fund of our size. And uh, and another thing is all of us have been entrepreneurs in our previous life, right? Those are some, I think, uh, key differentiators when people ask what you do differently is look, Everybody here has been an entrepreneur before in our fund. And we have a person who will look at the architecture from a tech perspective and from day one. And we work with, you know we only do four or five investments a year. So we give time to the entrepreneurs. We are available to entrepreneurs whenever they want. And that has worked really well for us because we have had awesome relationship with all our entrepreneurs. We have been able to contribute to their thought process significantly. We have been their sounding board. So yeah, these are some of the things we have done. And, and the key that we have seen is when we have had, when we are having discussion with entrepreneurs, we are able to talk to them based on our own experience. So we have done startups, we know it, and hence we have been able to give them good reference points. And we are quite clear that they don't have to basically implement everything we say, but what we give to them are inputs, not advice. You know, We don't want to give advice, but we only want to give inputs.
0: I did see your quarter letter. Yeah. And uh, all your startups are doing especially well.
1: Yeah. So, in spite of the pandemic, did you
0: take any extra precautions? So,
1: look, look. based on the investment thesis, since we are investing in enterprise startups, enterprise startups are, are more stable con- compared to consumer tech. Consumer startups, basically, you are selling to consumers. And for example, if you're a consumer startup, in the hospitality domain doesn't matter how good you are you would have gotten whacked uh, during covid but what happens with enterprises were still running they, they were keeping their businesses going so hence the impact was limited right they were buffered because it was it didn't come down to zero like it happened in some of the consumer tech startups So, some consumer tech startups gained from the pandemic and some consumer startups got really affected by the pandemic but enterprise startups predominantly withstood the storm Of course, there were delays in some decisions uh, that had to be taken by enterprises because obviously the economic outlook uh, didn't allow them to uh, approve uh, uh, new licenses or what have you. But the impact was limited. And the fact that these guys were solving, uh, most of the startups were solving uh, real-life problems for enterprises, we were able to somehow basically make sure that we tied over this crisis. And even the second wave was not as uh, painful as the first one. And, uh, and hence, our startups have been able to overcome this pandemic uh, and fundamentally because of sound business proposition, not because of anything else.
0: Also, now when you say product innovation, it's a very subjective term, mm. right? People, some people, are they're just are using technology to enable a specific ecosystem. Mm. Like, for example, cross-border e-commerce.
1: So, look, in my own Head, I categorize startups into two categories broadly. There might be overlap or whatever, but this is how we distinguish things. We, one set of products, uh, one set of companies or startups is business innovation. And one set of startups is uh, product innovation. And in business innovation, what I see is when Flipkart started, for example, yeah. Sajin and Binny i have read about this that thing they went on scooters to deliver books. So what that means is these companies are operationally intensive when they start. Because well, taxi for sure and all the guys when they start off, they are very operationally intensive. And their goal is to get customers and customers on board and then get the operations going. And as they start to get bigger and bigger, they bring in more and more technology, right? Now, if you look at Flipkart today or Ola today, they are very uh, good in tech, but that that was not the case necessarily the case when they started. So those kinds of companies hence become operationally intensive in the beginning, and as they evolve, they add more and more technology, and hence technology also becomes important for them to scale. Whereas in product innovation, there's no customers in the beginning; you are just building the product right to take it to enterprises uh, so you'd spend a couple of uh, a few uh, six to nine months or nine to twelve months to just build the product to onboard customers right so hence you don't necessarily you're not operationally intensive in the beginning so you're just focused on building the right product and then you're testing the product with a few very few focused set of customers but once you start gaining momentum in getting the customers is when you become operationally intensive. So as you can see, there's a flip here, right? So the companies that we invest in are belong to the second category where a lot of time is, is spent in building the product before you even get to the customers, whereas in business innovation, you would have gotten to the customers in the first quarter.
0: Makes sense, makes sense. So that is in my own mind
1: how I distinguish between the two. Both are required in the market, but because of our experience, we focus most on more on product innovation as opposed to business innovation.
0: Great, great, great. I think
1: I Yeah, the other thing, generally the business innovation, the, the capital requirements are huge, right? Yeah. You know, it's a not so much so with product innovation because your capital uh, requirements are a lot lesser compared to business innovation.
0: But are you, is it okay if your portfolio companies sell to these business innovative companies?
1: Yes. For example, three of my portfolio companies are selling to Swiggy. As we speak, one in the voice space, one in network connectivity space, and one in consumer, uh, you know, feedback review and analyzing customer feedback, right? So we have these companies are selling these products to Swiggy. So hence, obviously, know, uh, Swiggy is an enterprise now, right? So we do our portfolio companies selling into these enterprises because uh, all our Swiggy, all those guys have become large enterprises requiring a lot of technology to keep their operational efficiency going, right? So and those are the areas where. We believe we are best equipped uh, to service uh, those kinds of enterprises.
0: Network company, when you say the network company, one of the portfolio companies, yeah. that's Label, Label Networks.
1: Networks right? So they're building SD-WAN uh, network where for Swiggy to connect all their geographically disparate offices, it, it helps because it provides both the quality of service and security and forwarding in the cloud. So it's one of those solutions which is apt for, for Swiggy. And same is true for banks that Label is selling to us. So that's what we look for
0: in our portfolio. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time, Naganand. And if anybody wants to reach out to you or your firm, how can they reach
1: out? Yeah, they can write to me, naganand, at and or info at ideasprinkapp.com. And uh, always looking to work with passionate entrepreneurs building you know, enterprise uh, solutions. And, and uh, like I said, we work very closely with our startups and we typically would like to come in pre-revenue, write the first institutional check. So, Anybody in this category, I would love to talk to them. Fabulous. Thank you for your time, Naganand. Right. Great, great talking to you. Same here, Shiram. Thanks for having me.